Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Uh, yeah, last Sunday, we weren't able to preach the sermon. We had a divine interruption here. God moves in such a way. We weren't able to preach, and, and so today, uh, in all of our campuses, they're ahead of us, so we're a little behind, but that's okay. Um, but I want to share what God put in our hearts for this week. We're in the middle of the book of Revelation, right in the middle of the book of Revelation. So if you came today to church, you missed two weeks of the sermon series. So I, I just want to put you up to par so you can know where we're at within the timeline of the book of Revelation. There's a book, the book of Revelation has a verse that to me, and for us, it is the substratum, it is the foundation for us to understand why it's important to read the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 1, verses 3, the Bible says as follows. It says, blessed are those who read the book and hear the words of this book and live by the words of this book. When the writer is saying, blessed are those that read the book, he's not talking about the Bible because the Bible was written in its entirety when John is writing this book. So when he says, blessed are those that read this book, he's referring to the book he's writing, Revelation. And you may ask, how can I be blessed or excited or happy? Because the word blessed in Greek means happy are those that read this book. How could I be happy when I read the book of Revelation? When, when I read the book of Revelation, I'm hearing dragons and seals and trumpets and, and wars and hunger. How can I be happy when I read this letter? And here's why. We could be happy because... We know how the book is going to finish. Read chapter 21 and 2021. 20, It'll tell you how the book is going to finish. But we're also happy because we know that the book of Revelation is written for the church. The book of Revelation was written for the church. The seven churches of Minor Asia. Smyrna, Pergamos, Laodicea, right? Ephesus, Thyatira. It was written to the seven churches. And, and, and this, the message that was written to the seven churches was to let them know what was coming to the earth, but the church was not going to experience it. Why? Because we're going to be out of, outside of this planet when all these things happen. Now, the book of Revelation is, is based on three pillars, three anchors, three columns that sustain the book of Revelation. Three pillars. Pillar number one is the rapture of the church. This hasn't happened yet. This is what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, that the Lord himself, with the voice of God and the trump of God, shall descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will raise, and then we who are alive who remain shall be caught up with him and be together with him in the air forever. This hasn't happened yet. Once the rapture happens, the book of Revelation unfolds. So Revelation, pillar number one is the rapture of the church. And that's when the church is caught up from the earth and gone to heaven. Second pillar in the book of Revelation is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are here for the first time, let me just affirm that we believe that Jesus went to heaven and we believe that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We believe that. Jesus, Jesus is coming back in the second coming of Jesus Christ. So he's coming back. That's pillar number two. Pillar number three, the judgment of of the great white 
throne. So the book of Revelation is anchored in these three pillars. Why? Let me explain. Rapture of the church. This is for those that are, that are here for the first time. Rapture of the church hasn't happened yet. We're standing right here within the time of history. We're standing right here. This is what we call the period or the era of grace. Prior to the era of grace was the era or the dispensation of the law. Prior to the dispensation of the law, it was the dispensation, listen to this, of Abrahamic promise. Prior to that was the dispensation of human government. Prior to that was the dispensation of consciousness. Prior to that was the, I'm not going to fall. Prior to that, it was the dispensation of unconsciousness and then lastly consciousness. When Adam and Eve was created, dispensation of consciousness. When Adam and Eve fell, dispensation of. After that, you had human government. After that, you had Abrahamic promise. After that, you had the dispensation of the law. And right now, we're standing in the dispensation of the grace, which is when Jesus Christ came. When Jesus came to the planet, Jesus did away with the law, and now we're living in grace. And it is in this period that Jesus is saying, if anybody comes to me and accept me as Lord and Savior, he will be saved because once the church goes up, the whole book of Revelation is going to unfold. We talked, first week we talked about what's going to happen up here when the church is caught up. Seven years is going gonna, is gonna to pass. There's a clock that's going to happen, seven years. And during these seven years, we're not going to experience what's happening here because we're going to be up here at the rapture. What's going to happen at the rapture? Two things. The wedding of the Lamb. Number two, the judgment seat of Christ. And in the judgment seat of Christ, God is going to give us rewards based on what we did here as Christians. God is going to give us rewards based on what we did for Christ so that when we're caught up here, the Bible talks about five crowns, the crown of life, the incorruptible crown, uh, the, the, the crown of righteousness. There are five crowns that God's going to give us depending who does what. And why he gives us this crown? Because seven years, while well, things are happening here, seven years later, we're going to come in the second coming of Christ and we're going to come to the earth and we're going to reign the earth based on the things we've done for God. He's going to reward us and put us in position of authority over the earth to reign with Jesus on the earth. So that's what's going to happen in heaven. While we're up in the rapture in heaven, we talked about first week, seven seals is going is to be broken. And we talked about those seven seals, and I got time to explain that, which is just catastrophe and crisis happening on the earth. Why are the seven seals cause all this catastrophe? Because the Bible says that in that day, nobody, the Bible says that the heavens and everybody was crying in heaven because there was nobody worthy to take the seals and break it seals. And everybody was crying, who was worthy? And all of a sudden, the elders got up and the angels said, there was one who was worthy and he is the lamb of the tribe of Judah. And Jesus Christ began to break the seals. And as he broke the seals, things started happening on the earth. Now, why was only Jesus the only one qualified to break the seals. Why when Jesus takes the scroll in his hands, all hell breaks loose on the earth? Because the scroll that Jesus has in his hands is the title of the earth. It's the title. When you buy a house, they give you a title of the house. Right now, my, my Diana, my, my, my son's girlfriend, they just bought a house. And when they bought the house, 
Somebody was living in the house the day before they bought it. And as soon as they got the title of the house, they were yesterday painting the house. And they took it, no, I got the title, you got to get out the house. And they started painting and fixing and throwing away. And perhaps they took our ugly rugs and they took our ugly remains because they're preparing the house so that they can live in it. When Jesus takes a scroll, he has the title of the earth. And what he's doing with all this catastrophe, he's cleaning the earth because when he comes back, he's coming to back with the church and we're going to clean a brand new earth and be in a brand new world to the glory of God. That's why when I read the book of Revelation, I'm not scared. I can be happy because everything that's happening here is God preparing me a new home so that I can be with him forever in eternity. That's why he says, blessed are those that hear and blessed are those that, that read and blessed are those that live by the book. So we talked about seven seals. Today I'm going to talk about the seven trumpets. When you Remember we left off? When the seventh seal was broken, the Bible says that there was a silence in heaven for about a half hour. This is the first time in eternity where heaven was quiet for 30 minutes. And why was heaven quiet for 30 minutes? Because when you look at the seals and when you look at the trumpets and when you look at the cups or the, bowl, the bowls, every set of seven seals, set of trumpets, it's just an incrementation of more chaotic things happening. So as the first six seal, the first six seal, the white horse. Remember the white horse? Remember the black horse? Remember the pale horse? Remember the yellow? All those horses and all those seals were causing calamity on the earth. But when the seventh seal was broken, heaven got quiet. Why? Because the seventh seal was God giving the earth a break before the seven trumpets because if we thought the seven seals was bad it's about to get even worse so God said let me, let, let's give the earth a break because it's about to get ugly it's about to get crazy that's why friend the person that brought you here today loves you so much so that they don't want you to go through this because there's a plan and there's a way of escape but listen so when the seventh seal was broken there was a silence in heaven for a half hour. Now, half hour doesn't literally mean 30 minutes because in eternity there's no time. But it's just letting us know God is just giving the earth a break. And when the seventh seal was broken and prepared for the seven, listen to this, for the seven trumpets to be blown. Today I want to talk about the seven trumpets, about the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, and then we'll close. Look what happened when the first trumpet was blown. Revelation chapter 8. Verses 6 and 7. Look, please. It says, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. What does that mean? That they prepare themselves to sound. That they were all like this. <gasps> they already hold their breath. They already blow it. So this means that every blowing of the trumpet is going to happen. They were all prepared. They were like, they were already inhaling. <gasps> waiting for Jesus to give the cue. The seventh angel which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded. And there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And the earth and the third part of the trees was burnt up. And all green grass was burnt up. 
this is what John is seeing. When that first angel blows the trumpet, here's what he sees. Fire mixed with blood falling on the earth. Not only that, but he sees one third of the trees burnt up. And you might say, well, why is John saying that? Let me explain why. We need trees to breathe. We need trees to breathe. One third of the trees burning up. There's this dynamic between oxygen and carbon dioxide. Trees take in carbon dioxide and they put out oxygen for us to breathe. So now if one third of the trees is, is, is burnt and destroyed, can you imagine on top of the ozone layer blazing over the earth, on top of this whole eco-catastrophe catastrophe happening in the planet based on the seven seals that I told you two weeks ago. On top of all of that, people could hardly breathe. Can you imagine? No oxygen to breathe. You can barely catch your breath. There's going to be so many chemicals in the air that people will get sick just by breathing. So having lots of plants helps the breathing reality for people and animals. And plants and trees that make the oxygen for us a reality will, no, will not be there to the point that people will have a hard time literally just breathing, just living. All the grass, the Bible says, all the grass will be burnt up. Which means now, if the grass and the trees are burnt up, what are the animals going to eat? You know what's going to happen? Starvation. You know what's going to happen? If the animals can't eat, they die. If the animals die, you can't eat. If you can't eat, you die. And John is seeing this and he's saying, oh my God, oh my God, we need a 30-minute break from the seals because now it's going to get crazy on the earth. Nothing to eat. Barely breathe. And while you're trying to grab, grab your breath, here's a second angel with his mouth ready to blow it with air, and he blows the trumpet. Look what happens when the second trumpet is blown. Do, do, do you see? Can hardly breathe. Do you see? Animals can't eat. Do you see? The grass is burned and destroyed. Now on top of that, look what happens. And the second angel sounded. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast to the sea, and one-third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which lived in the sea and had life died. And one-third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, people are saying, well, it's okay. If I can't eat animals, I just go fishing. I'm good. Well, you can't go eat fishing now. That's all right. I'll figure it out. I'll just go and eat clams and eat lobsters. You can't do that. You can't do that. Because a mountain burning with fire will be cast on the sea. And one third of the sea will become blood. And what does that mean? There's no life. And while that's going on, a third trumpet is blown. Look what it says, 8, Revelation 8, 10, 11. It says, the third trumpet, or the third angel sounded his trumpet. And a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers... Because people say, okay, well, I'll just live in the river and drink, you know, spring water. No, you can't. Look what happened. 
blazing like a torch, fell from the sky in the third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. The name of the stars, Wormwood, a third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. So while all this is going on, now bear in mind, bear in mind, the seven seals are still happening. It's not first you happen, then it stop. No. First seal happened, it's still happening. Second is happening, second and first is happening. Third is broken, third, second, and first. Fourth is broken, all this, and while all this is happening, things are getting worse, and now people can't drink. Stars are falling. Can you imagine? Wake up in the morning, the stars are falling from heaven. On the rivers, poisoning the rivers. How does that affect the inhabitants of the earth? There's no water to drink. Chaos. And the thing is, the Holy Spirit left with the church in the rapture. So there's no conviction. There's hatred. Because when the Spirit of God goes, the Spirit of the Antichrist comes. And when he comes, he's going to cause anger. He's going to cause hatred. He's going to cause division between man and God. And while all this is going on, you think, okay, it's over. No, here comes another trumpet. fourth trumpet verse 12 of Revelation chapter 8 look what it says the fourth angel sounded his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck a third of the moon and a third of the stars check this out so that a third of them turned dark what do we call that an eclipse a third of the day was without light and also a third of the night can you imagine that can't drink Regular water, spring water. Can't go fishing. Can't eat from the grass. Trees and, 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 and can't eat. You, you can't eat animals. While all that's happening, there's an earthquake. While all that is happening, things are happening in the ecosystem. And on top of that, on top of that, now, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, smitten by God, which puts man to live with only one third of daylight. So that means that if they have 24 hours, there's only going to be light for eight hours a day. Now, I want you, I want you to, see, you know, because, you know, you see it. Imagine the earth absent from the sun an extra eight hours. How does that affect the ecosystem? How does that affect the climate? Because we have at least 16 hours of sun. Now you're going to have only eight hours of sun. Living in darkness, in the cold, depending if you live in the North Pole or wherever you live in the... Can you imagine how cold it's going to be? Can you imagine how freezing it's going to get? I mean, I was watching the news in New York. I'm like, good God Almighty, it's crazy out there. Can you imagine only eight hours of sun? And, and on top of the cold, ain't nothing to drink. On top of the cold, you can't eat animals. On top of the cold, you can't eat a banana. On top of the cold, stars are falling from... Can you imagine... This will be a time of panic and chaos. But check this out. None of the trumpets mentioned beforehand are in comparison to the trumpets that are about to be blown. Listen, friend, this is why God brought you here today. Because he doesn't want, you don't need to go through trumpets and you don't need to go through seals and you don't need to go through cups. God made a way for you right here and he is telling you, come to me right now so you can go in the rapture and skip all this mess.
you thought it was bad. This don't, look what it says. Revelation chapter 8 verse 13. It says, as I watched, John has seen this. I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice. And here's what he said. Whoa. Whoa. Let me tell you, to wow an angel takes a lot. He says it three times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. To the inhabitants of the earth, because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. He's this eagle, which is the angel form, is saying, Oh my God, guys, it's about to get worse. He's looking down on the earth, everything that's happening, but he's looking at the trumpets and what's about to come out of the trumpet. And he's like, oh my God. Look what happens. Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 12. The fifth trumpet is going to blow his trumpet. Look what it says. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke arose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. Now remember, you could hardly breathe. Now with all these cameras. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions. They were scorpions. Remember, John, when he says what he sees, he's using his environment to explain it. So he says, it looked like scorpions. It wasn't scorpions. It just had the scorpion characteristics. So a scorpion that John has seen can easily be a tank. He don't, he don't know what a tank is. He don't know what it is, a missile. So, so he's saying, it looks like a scorpion. Look what it says. Let me make it there you go. Verse 3. And out of the smoke, locusts came down from the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass. Because remember, there was one third of the grass left. They were told not to harm the grass, nor the earth, nor any plant or tree. But only those people who did not have the seal of God in their foreheads. I'll explain that week five. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months, check this out. And the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like a woman's hair, and their teeth was like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing to battle. So whatever John is seeing is this big machinery making this crazy noise, and it looks like a horse, and it has these teeth, and it has hair like a long woman. It's not, it's not a scorpion, it's something like. They had tails with stingers like scorpions, and their tails had the power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon, which is the destroyer. Check this out. 
What's happening in this planet is crazy. Can you imagine? The Bible says that for five months, people can't, people can't die. And these creatures are going to come out of the earth and they're going to torment human beings. They're going to torment mankind. And people are going to jump out of buildings, try to die. You know what's going to happen? They're going to bounce back up, keep on walking. Because they will not die. Death is going to give them their backs for five months. Because they're all outside. It's okay. As, as soon as things get tough, I just kill myself. No, you can't kill yourself, Papa. You're going to have to endure the pain. Only because you didn't accept Jesus when you had the chance. God said, no, I want the earth to endure the pain. And while that's happening, another star from heaven falls. Listen to me. Bible says that when this star falls from heaven, it's kind of like a fallen angel to which he is given the key to the bottomless pit. And some creatures are coming out to torment those that do not have the seal of God. And people will try to kill themselves and they will not be able to do it. And while that's going on, this trumpet number six. Wait till next week when we talk about the bowls or the cups. Four angels, the Bible says, will be loose. And they will kill one. Now, they will kill one-third of the population. Revelation chapter 9, verse 13, 16. Listen to what it says. Read the screen. It says, the sixth angel sounded his trumpet. And I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels... Who had kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third. Now, they didn't kill for five months. Now there's a killing rampage going on here. One third of mankind. Check this out. The number of the mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. What does that mean? A 200 million men army is now ready to kill one third of the population. middle of this chaos because I told you first week that in every dispensation God always displays his grace so we are right now in the dispensation of the grace the sixth dispensation when the rapture happens the seventh dispensation which is the dispensation of the tribulation in the tribulation period God is going to show his grace and here's how he's going to send two witnesses right before the seventh trumpet is blown. Two. We don't know who these two guys are, but we know there's one, there are two out of three. It may be Enoch, it may be Moses, and Elijah. Why two of these three? Because none of these three people in the Bible died. They didn't die, they were caught up. Elijah was caught up in a chariot of fire. Enoch in Genesis was perfect and righteous that God took him and he went to heaven. Moses, there's no, there's no, nothing registered that shows that Moses was dead. He went to a cave, disappeared. Nobody knows where he's at. So one, two of these three guys will come during the tribulation period to preach a message of hope. Now, I don't know about you. I'd rather hear the message of hope. Right here. It's hard for me to hear the message when stars are falling down from heaven. 
and I'm hungry and I can't eat and, every, and scorpions all over. I'd rather hear Jesus right now in this moment and embrace Jesus right now. But these two guys are going to come. Why are they going to come? Because God had a promise and God has a pact with Israel. And in the great tribulation period, God is going to reach his hand out to Gentiles, but also to Israel. And from every tribe, which is 12 sons that Jacob had, from every tribe, God's going to save 12,000 Jews. Which is when you read in Revelation, the Bible talks about 144,000 that will be saved during the great tribulation. Those are the people that these two messengers are going to come and preach the gospel and they're going to hear that it was Jesus Christ, the one that died and went to heaven, that he was the Messiah and they're going to come to Jesus and they're going to accept Jesus Christ during the great tribulation in addition to other people who heard the message and didn't go in the rapture and when they start hearing these two men preach, they're going to come to the foot of the cross. Now listen to me. Revelations 11 verse 1 through 14. We're going to read a lot of verses today. So don't get mad at me. Revelations 11 1 through 14. Listen to what it says about these two messages. It says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. Somebody say 42 months. 42 months divided by 12 is three and a half years. Remember I told you seven years, three and a half years of peace, three and a half years of wars. He says, they will trample on the holy city for three and a half years, 42 months, and I will appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1,260 days. 1,260 days divided by 365 days a year is three and a half years. So as soon as the rapture happens, the first three and a half years, God's going to send these two messengers to preach the message of hope. Look at me. These two witnesses will arrive during the first period of the seven years of the great tribulation. Now, in seven years, the first three and a half years is what we call the tribulation. After the, the first half, three and a half years, it turns into the great tribulation. What's, what's, what makes the tribulation become a great tribulation? That although all these catastrophes are happening on the earth, there is peace between Israel and the nations. Right now, there's chaos. Russia, Middle East, Iran, you know, Iraq, all these countries trying to attack Israel and Israel. And, 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 and thank God for, New, for the, America, the United States of America that's protecting Israel and France and others. But the Bible says that when the rapture goes up, there's this guy, and we're going to talk about him now, this guy, the Antichrist, he's going to come and bring peace some kind of way. He's going to cause peace that all of these nations are going to be trying to be at peace with Israel. So even though things are falling from heaven and there's chaos and there's a crisis, there's no battle amongst the nations. That's why it's called the period of peace within the tribulation period but it becomes a great tribulation because on top of the things that are happening falling from heaven now there's a battle going on with Israel and the Antichrist and we'll talk about that in a minute now listen to this what's the purpose for these two witnesses verse 4 says they are the two olive trees and the two lampstands and they stand before the Lord and the earth if anyone tries to harm them while they're preaching if anybody messes with them, fire comes from their mouth and devours their enemies. 
And this is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have the power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during that time that they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now, when they have finished their testimony, the word testimony is there is martyrdom because they're going to die. When they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower them and kill them. And their bodies will lie in a public square in the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them. And will celebrate by sending each of their each other gifts because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. They're, now these two, what are you saying? They're gonna be celebrating because these two guys are dead because they said they tormented the earth. How are they tormented the earth sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because the world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. So the spirit of the Antichrist is going to be reigning. So people are going to be anti-God. And whenever they start hearing the message of Jesus Christ, it's going, to be like, it's going to be like itching in their ears. Whenever they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're just going to be angry at God. So they're saying, we want to kill them and we're happy they're dead. Because the message of Jesus Christ to the nay, to the world after the rapture is going to cause torment to those who don't believe in Jesus because the Holy Spirit is gone. Listen to this. But after the three and a half days of breath from life, God, I'm sorry, but verse 11, but after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up. And they were raptured. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake and a tenth of the city collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake. And the survivors were terrified. And although they were tormented by them, now they're giving glory to God of heaven. And the second woe passed. The third woe is coming soon. Can you imagine that? So God is bringing grace. And he's bringing a message of hope. And, 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 even, and even on top of that, people are just rejecting God because of sin, because of the enemy, because the Holy Spirit is gone. And then they do their job. They go to heaven. And now, now, the seventh trumpet. I, you know, I don't think I like trumpets no more. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15 to 19. Listen to what it says. It says, the seventh angel sounded his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated at the throne before God fell to their faces and worshiped because now they're saying, the earth is almost ready. Saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead, for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was open, and within his temple was seen an ark of his covenant, and there came flashes of lightning and rumbling peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. Now, while this is happening, 
I'm almost done. This is now. Remember I told you the first seal was broken and there was a man riding a white horse who is the Antichrist? What is the Antichrist doing the first three and a half years? He's solving problems. He's solving problems. This war between Israel and the nations, he's fixing it. This crisis that's happening in the world, he's coming out with a system that's going to bring hope to the world. So he uses the calamities of the world to take advantage and win the hearts of the people. So even though we don't hear much about the Antichrist, he's here during the first three and a half years of the great of the tribulation. But now, when the seventh trumpet is blown, now he's going to show up. And we hear now about the Antichrist. Look what it says. Chapter 13. The dragon, the dragon in the Bible is the devil. Okay? The dragon stood on the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. When, when John says, I see a beast, I don't want you to think about the guy, you know, you know the, 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 the little dry meats, that did a commercial about that big monk, uh, ugly, uh, what was that angel, that thing we ate the other day? Them dry little meat thing. What, what, what is that? Jerk, the jerk beef thing. I mean, you see that commercial, that big ugly guy? Uh, no, that's not the beast John is seeing. It ain't Bigfoot. John sees the beast. Remember, when John, when John sees what he sees, he's only using his moment in time. So what he's seeing, he doesn't explain, he can't explain it. So the only names he gives him, the only thing that he can explain this thing is a beast. But it's not claws, it's not fangs, it's not hair. It's, a, it's, it's this thing that he can't describe. The dragon stood before the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns. I told you that horns represents authority. Ten represents government. It had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns in its horns and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard. It wasn't a leopard. It looked like a leopard. But it had feet like those of a bear. And if you read the book of Daniel, it explained all these four categories. Feet like a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast the dragon, the devil, the dragon, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Verse 3, one of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who is like the system? Who can wage war against it? The beast was given mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. 42 months. Do the math. Divide it by 12. See what happens. It opened his mouth to blaspheme God and slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe people, language, and nation. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names has not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever hears, whoever has ears, let him hear. If anyone goes into captivity, I'll skip all that because it's too much reading. Check this out. Verse 12. 
It exercised all the authority of the first beast and on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people because of the signs it was given to power to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast. I'll explain that. So the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark in their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark what mark the mark of the beast and what's the beast a system they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his name this calls for wisdom let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast for it is a number of a man and that number is 600 66. Now, I'm going to skip all this because it might be. Antichrist comes. Leave that verse there. The Antichrist comes. And when he comes, remember, he's bringing peace. He's bringing peace. Because in chaos, whenever there's chaos, somebody brings peace, everybody, oh my God, he's so nice. Oh my God, oh my God. And so he's trying to get worship from the world. Because remember, the Antichrist, the word anti is the opposite of. The Antichrist is going to act like Christ so that he can get worship from the people. So in the middle of the tribulation, he's going to come and bring peace and cause everything to be at ease. Because his goal is to get the worship of everybody. That's his job. He's the Antichrist. When the, but the Antichrist, in order to get everybody to worship him, because he's not omniscient like God. He's not omnipresent like God. In order to get worship, he has to come up with a system. So that everybody in the entire world could worship him. He has to come up with this plan. That's why the devil, the devil diabolically empowers his antichrist. Who then he and the system of the beast work together to get everybody to deny Jesus and worship the antichrist. And so what he does, he uses what we call the mark of the beast. Now what is the mark of the beast? I'm going to give you two visual images the Bible says if the mark is going to be imprinted it has to be imprinted on the forehead or on the right hand watch this video so you can see one way of interpreting the mark of the beast watch the video is the latest innovation that's drawing worldwide attention. Pretty quick and easy. <laughs> it really was. I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. Central Wisconsin company offering its employees a microchip plant held a party to kick off the new program. Around 50 employees at Three Square Market gathered to get the microchip. It's about the size of a grain of rice and gets implanted into the hand using a syringe. Participating employees will be able to use it to open doors, log onto their computers, and pay for snacks in the break room. We came across this and saw it being used in other societies. We said, why not us? Why not us? That's the attitude here at Three Square Market in River Falls. The software engineering company has taken the tech world by storm by offering to microchip employees. An opportunity that we saw to really 
provide something to society. President and CEO Patrick McMullen has been working on this project since January. Employees aren't required to get the chip, it's completely voluntary. It's a big needle though. I think it appears to be bigger. The company offered me the opportunity to get shit, and I agreed. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, just a pinch. Yeah, yeah. Breezy. Okay. Convenience, uh, in a lot of ways, convenience. Um, you know, really eliminating what I have to carry in my, my pockets. Employee Tony Dana says the chip will be used for basic tasks, like getting in and out of the building, logging onto his computer, and buying snacks in the break room. And then to finalize your payment, you'll put your RFID chip, hold it against it. Now my unique card that's identified with the RFID chip is asking if I'd like to put the dollar six on my chip. Yes. Since word got out about the chips, 3Square has been contacted by hospitals, universities, even the U.S. and foreign governments about the technology. Imagine being able to travel without a passport or worry about losing it. Just hold your hand up and then all the documentation comes up. The company says this particular chip is not capable of GPS, but they admit that could be in the future. In River Falls, Tim Elliott, WISN 12 News. Square says the microchips are made in Taiwan. The company ordered 60 of them. The cost of each chip is believed to be about 40 With this, I'm not saying that they got the mark of the beast. I'm not saying because if, 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 if I say that, that means Jesus, Jesus Christ already came and we're still here. What I'm telling you is this system is in place. See, right now we see this, oh, that's cool. Imagine people hungry, trying to find a way out. They can't eat because the animals are dead because there's no grass to eat. Imagine they can't drink water because the seas are polluted. Imagine they're so, they're so cold that they're freezing to death. And this antichrist is going to take advantage of all that. Say, listen, I got a way out for you. Just take the system of the beast. And if you take this mark of the beast in your forehead or in your arm, why forehead or arm? Because it can re be read through satellite. If you take this, you're going to be okay. We're going to make a way for you. You're going to eat. You're going to live well. But what they don't understand is they're not just taking a chip. They're by taking the mark they're saying to the Antichrist, you are my God. So I'm not telling you. That what we saw today that's actually going on right now in the world is the mark of the beast full throttle. What I'm telling you, that could be the system. It's something like that. So, book of Revelation says, and here's the number of men. Six, six, six. The number six in the Greek language, because the book of Revelation was written in Greek. The number six in the Greek language is this letter. Put that letter up, please. This is the number six. What happens if I take this symbol and I put it horizontally? It's what letter in the alphabet? And what's the number of, of the Antichrist? 666. If you take 666, put it upside up, it's www. Isn't that one of the ways you can contact the, get, get in contact with the entire world through the internet? www. John doesn't know how to explain this. 
But he's saying, what I'm seeing is, 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 is this thing that, this system, you can't run from it. Anywhere you go on the planet, you're going to be able to be caught. It's the system, it's the mark of the beast. And whoever doesn't take that mark, we're going to track them down. I'm here to tell you, friend, that's why God brought you here today to let you know you can escape from all of this if right here, right now, you say, Jesus. Listen to me. The world is ready for this system. Everything is set in place. Everything is set in place. It's all right. I know about this. I'll stay. I don't have to go in the rapture. I know what to do. I just don't take the mark. Okay. Look what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 20. Listen to me. Verse 4. It says, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus. Those that were beheaded were those that when they stood in the rapture, they didn't go to heaven. They know, you, you, because you know when the rapture happens, people that know about God are not going to go. Those people know what's going to happen. And when they start seeing the mark of the beast, they're like, no, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. The Bible says that those people that reject the mark of the beast, they're going to be beheaded. Look at this. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. So where are we in history? The rapture hasn't happened yet. And this is why I tell you as I started the sermon today, Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Everyone here today can read this verse and be thankful and be happy when I tell you blessed are those who read this book, who understand this book, and live by this book. So my friend, there is hope for you today. You can say, I don't believe in this stuff. But just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not. And so today the Lord brought you here to remind you that he has a plan for you. And the plan is that none should perish but have everlasting life. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.